Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our first guest today, as my mother said, is Peter O'Hanrahan, and our topic is personality and grief. Peter O'Hanrahan has been working with the Enneagram system of nine personality types for over 30 years. He works with individuals, families, and organizations, and teaches the system throughout the world. On a personal level, Peter lost his two closest friends at an early age and finds the system to be especially helpful in understanding the patterns of normal grief vary depending on one's worldview. Welcome to the show, Peter. Well, thank you for having me. Hi, Peter. It's great to have you on the show. You're a great friend, and uh, I've always been inspiring about the Enneagram. Um, could, we need to get right to it because it is a, a big system, and, and uh, it, it is simple in some ways and very complicated in others. Could you talk about um, the nine? There are nine personality types, right? Nine personality types, according to the Enneagram system. Mm-hmm. Can you All these those types words? are recognized in modern psychology, but the Enneagram brings them together in a unified system. It makes, makes it e- easy to access. Okay, and what are the, the nine types? Well, according to the Enneagram, there are these three centers of intelligence that we all have. Um, it, this is not unique to the Enneagram system, but the idea being that we have a mental center of intelligence, an emotional center of intelligence, and a body-based center of intelligence. And so the personality types are organized by what we call the, the lead center of intelligence. So... Um, if we started with type 1 on the Enneagram, this is a body-based type. Ones are called the perfectionist, and they want to get things right. Right, I'm married to one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they can be very um, uh, hard on themselves. Um, I mean, it's, it's, they're admirable for their responsibility and their honesty and their, and their hard work and their quest for excellence. At the same time, they can have a very strong inner critic. Uh-huh. And they're the body, body-based people, right? Body-based people, yes. Yeah. And then the two, I'm a two, heart-based. Yeah, we know about type two then. The twos are we call the helper or the supporter or the giver because their attention naturally goes out to others. They have a big uh, capacity for empathizing with other, with what other people feel and what other people need. And they tend to move forward to take care of others. And then the three is... Uh... Threes are called the performers. And these are people who just are on the go. They want to produce and achieve. Uh, not that the rest of us uh, don't have some of that, but performers really have a hard time slowing down and tuning into themselves. It's all about making things happen in the world. They're the kind of people you want to have working for you, I think. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, maybe not working before. for. Um, so, but type four, we say, is, is uh, the romantic. And uh, these are people who have a very uh, strong inner life. They turn inward to uh, really go deeply into their own emotional experience. And the fives, we're getting into the head-based fives. Yeah, head-based fives. Fives are called the observers, people who really want to develop knowledge and expertise and also guard their privacy and autonomy. They need a lot of space. Uh And then the sixes? Sixes are a little complicated because we call them the loyal skeptic. And we're going to have one of those on the show in the last half, right? Yes, my my, uh, colleague and mentor, Dr. Dave Daniels. they're very loyal once they've established their commitment to people or organizations or projects, and at the same time, they, they have a lot of questions. You know, they're kind of skeptical. They want to understand the reasons for things. 
and the sevens. Heidi's married to a seven, right, Heidi? Yes, I am. There's a lot of things. <laughs> sevens are a lot of fun. They want to enjoy life fully. Um, hard for them to get to the painful side of life. We call them the epicure. And Marcus is a great one because he is a fun guy, isn't he, Heidi? Absolutely, yeah. They they see many, many different possibilities in life. Their, their minds are very quick to come up with multiple options and plans. and you know they, they, they like to have a lot of activity. And now we're cruising into your area, aren't we, Peter? Now, type 8, yeah, that would be me. It's called the protector or the boss. Uh, this is also a body-based type. And people who take a position of strength in the world, you know, want to kind of be in charge of our of our own scene. Uh-huh. And then the 9, Heidi, we're moving into you. Yep, that's my, that's my number. Right. In type 9, we say the mediator, the peacemaker, because these are people who just naturally are good at creating harmony in their environment. Uh, and then we swing back over to the one again. So I think that's interesting. So let's, uh, can you just give a quick spot of what numbers are in what areas, you know, the head-based, the body-based? Sure. So the, uh, if we go back to two, so type two, three, and four are what we call feeling-based types, meaning that their lead center is in their emotional center. Uh, it's not uh, that we don't all have an, uh, an emotional center. It's just twos, threes, and fours tend to really uh, start with their feelings, and they're very tuned into other people's expectations of them. And then getting to the head-based. And these are the type five, six, and seven people who um, really want to figure things out. That's their primary. Not that the rest of us don't do that, but five, six, and seven. This is like I think, therefore I am. You know, right. We and then really how about the body-based? Actually. And back around the to the body base, types, right? which are types 8, 9, and 1, and people who have a kind of a gut sense of knowing things, um, not always in touch with, with our body centers, but we have a kind of a practical common sense that comes from the body. It's just a very wonderful tool for understanding personality. I mean, we are more than our personalities, but we all have a personality. And, and so when we're in relationship and we're in the grieving and recovery process, um, it's just very helpful to understand, you know, how we see the world and what might be our patterns of, of feeling and thinking and and also uh, what our uh, defenses might be around, um, you know, uh, allowing the grieving and recovery process. Mm-hmm. Heidi, how, how did the grief process, I mean, how did knowing the anagram, how's that helped you with, with loss? I think it's helped me to understand where other people are coming from and not be so judgmental and critical of their process of grieving because I realize that they have a different personality type than I do, so they're going to grieve in a different way. Yeah, and I found, particularly with my husband, because we're in wholly different areas, um, that uh, for me to know that his perfectionism and criticism and for him to know that, um, you know, maybe I can overgive and then get mad. So that's one thing that, that you know, happens with a heart-based, you know, kind of thing. So knowing those things can be um, has been helpful for us. How about for you, Peter? How has that helped you personally? Well, for me, you know, uh, again, the loss of my friend at an early age, I mean, I really didn't know how to deal with this, and I, and I pretty much went into denial. You know, every, everybody can do denial, but my type, point eight, can really just shut down and do denial and, and kind of have an angry position about it. And so um, that's where I went. And, but but, the, but the Enneagram, knowing the Enneagram, knowing about my personality, I could catch myself. I could say, wait a minute, I don't want to get stuck here. This is not good for me. It's not healthy for me. I've got to get to my heart. 
And you can figure out what's going on with you. I think one of the really early, most basic things about the Enneagram is to realize that people don't think like you do. When you're a kid, you think everybody thinks like you do. Right, and then we start growing up and having relationships, and we start to realize, wow, people are really different. And they really aren't trying to get me. We don't have to take it so personally. Yeah, I like that. It really helps uh, reduce unnecessary conflict and, and build bridges. Mm-hmm. And, and help you figure it out in, in tough times. And also there are people that you gravitate towards that can help you in different times during loss. You know, so, uh, one of the things that we talk about in grief and loss is that you tend to uh, oftentimes lose friends after you've had a loss because some people can't handle it. Right. And then you find new friends who are good at grief. Right. And I think that that has some personality typing to it. I think the... the uh, the fours are pretty good at grief and loss. Type four is really known for their ability to, you know, be with deep emotions, both their own and other people. And so they, they're not afraid to sit there and be with people who are in sadness. Yeah, and, and tell, tell us what type that is, the four. Well, four is, you know, we say the romantic or the individualist. And, uh, you know, people who uh, really are available to uh, their inner life and their deep emotionality. I mean, they... They, they live with a lot of emotion all the time. Now, sometimes this is too much for them, and they need to, like, uh, you know, balance this out. But when it comes to the grieving process, um, they're able to really be there for others. Yeah, they can sit with it. They can hear it. Cello right. music, right? That's right. <laughs> so, and some people, it's harder for them to, to sit with it. Like the seven, um, uh, the adventure, uh, you know, they're up and going and having fun and, and want options. And right, it's a big challenge to their whole personality type to, to go to the painful side of life. Now, now they can do it, and, and, and actually when they do it, they can actually be very good at it, but, but it, it, it takes a, a bigger effort and more of an intentional, uh, you know, uh, effort to kind of get there, you know, say, okay, I can go to my feelings, I can go to my pain. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the heart-based people, would you say that, that they're more connected with loss, or no? I'd say it's it's because they're feeling types. They're 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 more they're closer to it. At the same time, they might want to try to you know translate it into some kind of positive behavior. You know, like type three might want to just like work harder. Right. Or, or oh. twos, the helpers, they might instead of like staying with their own feelings, they might be going out trying to you know help everybody else out. Uh huh. Now, there's a downside. I mean, not downside, but there's a. Um, they talks about the where you go under stress, which is not a great thing in the Enneagram. I go to the boss, and and Heidi knows that, right, Heidi? When your yeah, mother goes. Yeah. Sometimes to the I boss. call her Sergeant Gloria when she gets stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go to the perfectionist. I think, and it's very stressful. Right. We do move around. We're not just you know in one single place on the Enneagram system, although we do have a home base, but under different, when we feel safe or when we feel stressed, we tend to move around to some of the other points. Mm-hmm. And that's important, too, because oftentimes people will, will show up, you know, in, in, a pro, in the grieving process, and they're in their stress uh, position. Uh, oh, yeah, right, uh, it would be, and which is not a great position for them, and it's hard to stay in that. No, it's easy to get, they can get stuck in that, in that stress point and not uh, drop back into, you know, their their, their inner self. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing for us to know out there is 
you may be wondering, you know, what am I doing right now? Why am I, you know, like for me, I tend to be, you know, I'm heart-based. I tend to be giving. But then if I get stressed, I go to the boss and I get really, you know, hardcore. And then when I'm stressed, I mean, it's like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah, it's very different, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, you can see a really big change. Yeah, and it's like to myself, why did I do that? And and what the nice thing about the Enneagram is when you understand it, you can control it a little bit and say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Right. It also brings a lot of acceptance. You know, we can understand ourselves more and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of be gentle with ourselves and say, okay, I understand this is what's happening. I'm under stress. And also, what can I do about it? You know, it's just like a marker or a, a signal that we need to take care of ourselves in some way. Now you and now you're uh, a body-based person, and you go to my spot, and you overgive, right? Well, I can go in different directions. Yes, I can go to type two, and we say that uh, oh, there's no, that's a relationship. Oh, point, there. right? I mean, your strong point is to go give, right? Yeah, yeah. If if I can soften my my tough personality and get into my heart, yeah, then I'll meet you, you know, yeah. at that point. But for uh, type eight, it's not always easy to get there. Right, and then and then you can disappear. The fascinating thing about the eight is that folks know people out there who are big personalities, moving furniture and restaurants and whatever. When they get hurt, all of a sudden they disappear. Right. Well, when we get very stressed out, we just want to go away. We go to point five on the enneagram, and we and we don't necessarily do it in a healthy way. We 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 isolate. All of a sudden, we disappear. Yeah, and you look so sad. That's what I've noticed. These big personalities can look so sad. Well, Heidi, how about you? What do you do? Um, well, let me see. What do I do? I, I merge with people and get very into one-on-one conversations. And like you said, I'm a mediator and peacemaker. The one thing that's very difficult for me is I feel like sometimes my achievements aren't recognized, and that's annoying because I kind of wish I, I wanted to be the three. You know, I want to be. The, I feel like, hey, wait a minute, I'm achieving. Yeah, you want to be I'm the star new- sometimes. Nobody's noticing because I'm not blowing my horn. <laughs> right. Well, nines, you know, they they want to get along with everybody, and so right. it's easy for nines to to not promote themselves or to kind of forget exactly. their own agenda or their own priorities because they're so good at uh, blending with others. Exactly. And so, you know, at parties, people love me because I'm constantly elevating and promoting and shoring them up. But then sometimes I get lost myself in who I am because I'm not promoting myself enough. Right. So the Enneagram suggests that there's this specific suggestions for each of the nine types, you know, what you can do. And, of course, for type nine, it's to be able to come back to yourself and to, to have some boundaries at times. It doesn't mean you don't love people, but that you have to put attention on yourself. That's not an easy thing to do, but as you know, it's it's really important. And that's such a great thing, Peter, that you just said about the Enneagram, you know, figuring out, you've got strategies to figure out how to help. Talk a little bit about your workshops and things before we close out on the show. Well, um, in the... Um, Enneagram Worldwide program, along with uh, Dr. David Daniels and Helen Palmer, you know, we have a network of teachers in the United States and also around the world. Um, one of our programs is actually to train Enneagram teachers, which, uh, Gloria, you know about. Yep, because I'm a trained Enneagram teacher. That's right, and um, it was where we met originally. And, right. And so we have teachers in, in communities in lots of different places who are teaching Enneagram classes. And, you know, they teach in different contexts. Some People teach in churches and congregations. Others teach in the psychological context. Uh, Some are using it in business. Um, It just is a very helpful tool wherever people need to understand themselves and also the people that are in their lives. Well, Peter, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great having you on today. 
You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com. 